And he did not, not just talk the talk, he walked the walk. A lot of us are talkers. But we need to be, we need to be walkers. Amen? Amen. We need to walk with Christ. And, and so he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the life lesson in this is that we need to forgive those who despitefully use us and persecute us. We need, we need to pray for those. We need to actually pray. Not that God will rain hellfire on these people. But no, let's pray for mercy. Why? Because they're acting in ignorance. People don't understand the laws of God. You know, God has laws set up. You know, you know there's, law, there's, there's natural laws like the law of gravity. You know, you may not believe in the law of gravity, but if you step off the top of this building, uh, you will believe it after you step off of it because you'll go splat. So the law of gravity is a real deal. Amen. But there is a law of sowing and reaping. It's a spiritual law. In other words, some of you may have heard this. What goes around comes around. Have you ever heard that saying, what goes around comes around? And it may not come around that quick, but it will eventually come back around. Amen. And, and, and the Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. If he sows to the spirit, he will reap life. So right now, today, you're sowing to the spirit because you're, you're getting in the church, you're worshiping God. And all you can get is more life. And I don't know about you, but I need as much life that I can get. Because the world will drain the life out of you. I I discovered something. Christians leak. (laughs) We leak. In other words, the, the, the grace tends to leak out of us. And we need to be in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I need to be in the presence of God all the time. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, I, you know this is what you got to guard. you got to guard your attitude at all times. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, guard your attitude. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I had to guard my attitude this morning. You know, I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my seersucker suit. How do I look? Check it. And I thought my wife was going to, you know, she has a seersucker dress that, that's, that matches me. And I thought she was going to wear it, but she put something totally different on. I had to be, I had to be nice this morning. I thought we were going to match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, I must get that from my parents because they're always color coordinated. And uh, no, but she was wearing something. She, she looks great. Praise God. And uh, hallelujah. And so, but, but we have to, we... <laughs> I had to throw that in there. <laughs> so we have to forgive those. <laughs> that, you know, you know you, what, what makes us mad sometimes is people don't do what we want them to do. <laughs> we want people agreeing with us, don't we? We want people, you know, agreeing with our opinions, agreeing with everything we say. If there's a restaurant to go to, your restaurant is the better restaurant. Isn't that right? So we want people's agreement. Amen. So, so we see here that Jesus forgave and he, you know, he fulfilled the messianic prophecy from Isaiah 53, 12, when he was on the cross and he was praying for those that were coming against him. And the Bible actually says he made intercession for the transgressors. And Jesus is, you know, he, he is our high priest. The Bible says that he became our high priest. And so that means that Jesus, listen, Jesus is praying for you today. You know, you might be going through a hard time, but he's in heaven and he's forever making intercession for you. You know what he's praying? 
He's not praying that you have fell. He's praying that your faith faileth not. Amen. He said that to Peter. When the devil spoke to, to Jesus and he said, Satan uh, desires to sift you, Peter, like wheat. You know, the, the devil's desiring to sift some of us like wheat. Amen. But Jesus said, I am praying for you, Peter, that your faith faileth not. So thank God, you may feel like you're about ready to lose your faith. You're about ready to throw in the towel. But listen, Jesus is praying for you. And if you're in this church, I'm praying for you. Thank you Lord. Amen. People are praying for you. you. Glory to God. And so we have to understand that Jesus became our high priest. In Hebrews 5, 8, and 9, it says, Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Think about that. He had to qualify to be our high priest. And how did he qualify? Through his suffering. Why? The Bible actually says he is touched with the feelings of it. There's nothing that Jesus did not go through that we, we, we hadn't gone through. In other words, Jesus is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Whatever you've been through, Jesus has experienced it. Amen. That's what makes him our high priest. He qualified through his suffering. And some of you are suffering right now. Some of you are going through. You don't like, nobody likes to suffer. But some of us are suffering. Why? Because God is in a, you're in a place in God where God's going to qualify you for, for the blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In other words, you have to stay obedient. You have to stay walking with God. You, you know, Jesus learned obedience through things suffering. In other words, Jesus learned how to walk with God. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy. Some of you are married in here. You know, it's not easy walking with your spouse all the time. Amen. But you guys just suck it up. Walk in love. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. And then here, in uh, the, uh, another statement he made, he, it's in Luke uh, 23, 42 and 43. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This is, you know, Jesus had two, two thieves that were crucified, and one right and one left of him. And so uh, this one thief just cried out to Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. That's powerful. I mean, think about this. This thief never done anything good. <laughs> you know, he was on the, he, he, you know, he may have done some, some good in his life, but he was on the cross and he was a thief. He, he, he deserved to be on the cross. And so, but, but Jesus, you know, his mercy, Jesus' mercy always goes out to the person that cries out to Jesus. Amen. And some of us need to be crying out to Jesus more than we're doing lately. Amen. We just need to cry out Jesus. Amen. And Jesus will meet you wherever you're at. Even in your lowest pit, Jesus will meet you. You know, God's arm is not so short that he cannot reach down into your lowest pit and bring you up. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The arm of God. It's longer than you think. Amen. And so Jesus gave the thief on the cross eternal life. And it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 46, that scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life giving spirit. 
Jesus gives us life. Amen. He's the life-giving spirit in each. I'm telling you, we need Jesus' life resonating on the inside of each one of us. Amen? Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, I can't go on my own power. Amen. i got to go on Jesus' power. i got to have Jesus' anointing. I have to have Jesus' grace on my life. Amen. The problem with some of us is we're, we, we're not relying on Jesus enough. Amen. <laughs> In other words, we need to start relying more on Jesus and less on our own abilities to get through this life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, so the third statement Jesus made was, was in John 19, 26, 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. So we see here that Jesus actually said to, uh, he was speaking to his mother and to John, his disciple. And what he was doing was he was honoring his mother because he was about ready to depart. And, but he was also giving purpose. He was giving purpose to John. He was giving purpose to, to, to Mary, his mother. He was saying, Mary, John's going to be your son now. John, Mary's going to be your mother. You take care of Mary. Mary, you take care of John. He was giving purpose. And I'm telling you, Jesus wants to give each one of us purpose. Yes. I'm telling you, any, any purpose outside of God, it, it, all it is, it's a waste of time. Amen. It's what the Bible calls vanity. Anything outside the will of God is vain. Yes. It's vanity. It's all for ourselves. Unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor to build it labor in vain. Yes, amen. yes you can do some things without God, but it's vanity at the end. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of anything unless God's in it. Amen. Amen. I want to make sure God's in it. And God was, was there, there that day through Jesus. And Jesus was given purpose to Mary and John. Amen. And, and the fourth statement, it was about the ninth hour. Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is Matthew 27, 46. So this is, this is interesting that Jesus would say that because the Bible actually says God will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. But, you know, you know, we can stand on that because Jesus actually was forsaken on the cross. Amen. In other words, he became sin. He became, he didn't, he, he did not sin, but he was made sin Amen. so that we could be made something. Amen. What were we made? Righteous. In other words, it's the great transference. Jesus became sin so that we can become righteous. Amen. In other words, you can't work for your righteousness. You can't be good enough for your righteousness. You can't do enough good things to be righteous in God's eyes. That's what the world is trying to do. They're trying to measure up to God. They're trying to do enough good things and trying to leave Jesus out of it and say, I can be good enough. You can't be good enough. Nobody's good enough to be, to be able to, to, nobody's perfect except for Jesus. Jesus is the perfect spotless lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And Jesus never sinned. I said it. Jesus never sinned. 
Some people may beg to differ. He never sinned. He was 100% man and 100% God, and he's the perfect spotless lamb. None of us are perfect and none of us are spotless, but thank God Jesus' blood can remove our spots. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The blood of Jesus doesn't just cover, which is a tone for sins. In the Old Testament, they would have animals and they would have sacrifices, and the blood just covered their sins. But you know what? The blood of Jesus doesn't just cover, it washes our sins away. That's why we can have victory when we come to God's throne in prayer and we can come in boldness without a sense of fear or inferiority. We, we can come in with boldness because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of how good we are, but how good He is. Your faith can't be in your good works. It has to be in His good work. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad. Listen, I don't have enough good works. So Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus was rejected so that we could be accepted in God. Amen. The Bible actually says that that in Ephesians 1, 6, uh, to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us acceptable in the beloved. So Jesus was rejected, but we were made acceptable in God by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Isn't that awesome? In other words, you're not made acceptable because of how perfect you are or how right you got it last week or how many Ten Commandments you're keeping. Praise God. No, you're accepted because of your faith in Jesus and his blood. See, sometimes we get to looking at our own selves and we look at how, how short we fall of God's glory and we sometimes buy into this idea, well, we're just sinners saved by grace. No, listen, you were a sinner, you're saved by grace, now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You were a sinner, now if you keep saying, I'm, you know, you're either a sinner or a saint, pick one. I'm not going to, I'm a sturdy, low sinner, you know, not worthy of God's best. No, Jesus has made you worthy. His blood makes you worthy. Amen. We just have to have faith in his crucifixion and his blood and his resurrection. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And then Jesus, when he was on the cross, he, he tasted death for us. Amen. It says in Hebrews 2, 9, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. You know, I, I like to hear stories about people and uh, uh, of having, you know, life after death experiences. Anybody ever hear about these people that die but come back? Amen. And I love listening to these people. You know, I just like gleaming off of them. And I, I believe some of these stories. I believe they're real. And so, you know, and, and so a lot of times uh, these people, they would die in a car accident. And a lot of times they would, they would interview these people. And they said, and a lot of times they would say, we, I didn't feel a thing. I mean, I, I had an accident. It was just boom. I was in heaven. You know, it was like no pain. It was, boop. you know what I'm saying? Even the martyrs that, that I, I read about martyrs dying at, at the, on, on the stake, you know, burning to death. I hear martyrs, you know, they, they, they said they, they would sing to their death. 
Why? Because I believe the pain was taken away, that God supernaturally took the pain of them burning on a stake. Do you believe that? In other words, why? Because Jesus tasted it for us. Jesus tasted the pain. He tasted the misery. He tasted death. In other words, we don't have to have a fear of death. In other words, we should start looking forward to dying. I'm not taking a load today. But I'm not going to give you some Kool-Aid to drink this morning, all right? But we should, hallelujah. In other words, we should be looking forward to the day that we see Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, you know, we're all, you know, we're all dying. <laughs> Do you know that? Somebody said, somebody may get a doctor's report and say, I got a disease. And they say, I'm going to die. We're all dying. We're all going to die. But listen, it's not dying is easy. Living is hard. I want to say that again. Dying is, it's easy to die. But living this life is hard at times. Try getting up every morning and trying to walk right, do the right things. You know, put God in your equation. And you know, and you got the temptations and you got the enemy and you got all this. That's hard. But I'm not looking at wimps that back up. I'm looking at warriors in here. Do I have some warriors in here? Yeah. I got people that are pressing into the things of God. Yeah. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Hallelujah. And so we, we, have to, we have to believe that the wrath of God was placed on Jesus so that we could have the love of God in our lives today. And so this is the, the fifth statement Jesus made. And that, now it's, it's in John 19, verse 28. And, and it says this, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. So we see Jesus, he's on the cross, and, and he finally, now, he's, now he says, I thirst. You know, it's interesting, Jesus is the living water. How can the living water thirst? Because it was his humanity that was speaking out. He was thirsting. I believe it was more than just thirsting for water. You know, they say when, you're, when, you, when you start bleeding out, when you lose blood, loss of blood, you get thirsty. And so, you know, I, I believe that the loss of blood and, and, of course, he was dehydrated because of the beating and because of everything that he went through. The Bible actually says, you know, in Psalms that his tongue was stuck to the roof of his mouth, that he was swollen up. Think about that. And so he was thirsty. And th this is the life key uh, that we can get from this is that we need to be human enough to acknowledge our need. See, a lot of people don't, you know, some people, you know, they don't want to acknowledge that they have need of anything. Have you ever noticed that? You know, you ask people how they're doing. They say, I'm doing great. You know, I'm doing great. And you know, their life is falling apart. <laughs> you know, and, and, and they'll try to say, you know, they're doing good. You know, they're doing great. And we need to be human enough to, to acknowledge our need. Amen. God never created us to be independent from him and others. Can I get an amen there? Amen. In other words, we were never meant to be islands by ourselves. And I know some of us, how many people like solitude in here? Glory to God. Some of us like solitude, but you don't want solitude all the time because you'll go stir crazy. Amen. 
So listen, listen, you, 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 we need each other. We need God. Amen. And so, so Jesus said, I thirst. And so we need a thirst. You know, Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. We need to have, continue to stay thirsty, my friend. We need to stay thirsty for God. We need to keep that thirst and that hunger for God. Not for the worldly things of this life. But no, we got to stay thirsty for God. You know, you know, you know, in Genesis 2, 18, it says, and, and the Lord God said, it is not good for man should be alone. He was looking at Adam. Adam was the only man, you know, on earth. He created Adam and then he saw Adam and he noticed that Adam needed. He said, man is not good to be alone. So he made Adam a helper comparable to him. And so we, we, you know, again, he made Adam and Eve, so they could have sweet fellowship. And God had sweet fellowship with both of them in, in the garden. And you know what was interesting was that Adam and Eve sinned. And what does sin do? It separates. It separates us from God. And, and I think sometimes when we're not walking the walk that we need to walk in God, that we're not close to God. We, you know, if we're in any kind of sin, uh, it, we can do what Adam and Eve did that day. Because God came out in the cool of the day to fellowship with them. And in Genesis 3.10, it, uh, it says here, So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. So, 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 so sin can cause us to hide ourselves from God. Listen, if we're in a wrong relationship with God, the best thing you can do is run into the loving arms of God and not run from Him. A lot, you know, some people aren't living their life right and they don't come to church. You need to come to church. And so, so, and I I heard one person, well, I don't want to come to church because I get convicted every time I go. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing to get convicted. That means you need to change. Church should get you changing. Amen. In other words, when you come to church, if your life isn't like what it needs to be, hopefully the power of God will cause you to move into a new direction, move into a new attitude. And so we see that in Psalms 32, 3 and 5, it says, when I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. My words became day long groans. The pressure that never let up all the juices of my life dried up. Then I let it out and I said, I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. Suddenly the pressure was gone. My guilt dissolved and my sin disappeared. Amen. Can somebody say repentance? is a good thing. Uh, hallelujah. In other words, we need to, sometimes we just need to admit it, quit it, and go on with God. Amen? And a lot of us, we don't want to admit anything. We don't want to admit that we've done anything wrong. We don't want to admit that we need God. So one of the reasons why God was really, you know, he was saddened in the Old Testament with his people a lot of times was because what they would do is they would move away from God. They would start worshiping other gods and they stopped calling on God. And God loves it when we call on him. And it really bothered God that, pe- that people in the Old Testament turned and they stopped calling on God. Yes. You know, a lot of times when we get out of fellowship with God and we start doing our own thing, we stop praying. We don't ask God for anything. We start trying to figure out everything ourselves. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we try and we start trying to run our own game and try to do the hustle. Amen. And we try to hustle through life. But God never wanted, he never created us to do the hustle. He never created us to try to make it through life in our own ability with through street smarts. Amen. Amen. No, God wants us calling on Him. Yes. Calling on Him. Amen. And so we need to call on Him in the time of our need, and He will help us. The Bible says, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. I think about, I think about the, the young man that, that Jesus talked about that, you know, he, he was the man that asked his father for his inheritance early before his father passed away. Think about it, that's bold. And he said, Dad, can I have my inheritance now? <laughs> I want to spend, I don't want, I don't want to wait until you're dead to get my money. I want my money now. So, so his father split that inheritance up between the older son and the younger son. And the younger son went out, and you may know, you may have heard the story. He went out, Jesus talks about the man, went out and he went to another city and he went to Vegas and he blew all his money. <laughs> Amen. What, 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 what's that old commercial says? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Your money stays in Vegas. And so, you know, and so he, he went out and then he found himself, you know, when he didn't have no money, he had no more friends. It's funny when your friends leave you when you don't have anything for them. They're called fair weather friends. You know, you don't, you, you're not buying anymore and they're out. You're not partying anymore with them. They're out. Right. And so this guy had nothing. So and so he was broke, busted and disgusted in a pig's pen, you know, eating the cobs that was fed to the pigs. But he came to himself. Some of us might need to come to ourselves and wake up and realize that our life isn't working the way we're doing it. It's not working just coming to church just on the holidays. It's not working. Hallelujah. In other words, we need to be, get God in our life every Sunday. Amen. But more than just every Sunday, every day. Amen. 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 Like, I got a card from my sister-in-law. And I'm going to bring it down. She, she gave me a card on Easter one time. And it was a preacher preaching. And, it, and it's, his first line was to the congregation, Where the heck were you uh, since last Christmas? You know? Where have you been? You know, <laughs> Amen. And, and so, listen. Don't, don't just make it just an Easter thing. Make it an everyday thing. Amen. God paid the price for you, so you can have a relationship with Him. Glory to God. And so he desires that relationship. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. He wants to tell you that he's that you're His own. Yes, thank you, Lord. Amen. This, this price that Jesus paid for, you know what eternal life really means? It means having a living relationship with Father God. Yes. That's what eternal life means. It means that you have a relationship with God Almighty. And you know what? God wants to reveal His love to you. He wants to display His love to you. He wants to show you things. He wants to help you. He wants to help you negotiate, you know, come out of any issues and problems you might have. But what do we need to do? We need to be not just human enough to admit that we have a need, but we need to be humble enough. There you go. Humble enough to admit that we need God. Amen. And when we start getting humble and asking God to come into our lives, 
I'm telling you, God will do a 180 with your problems. Amen. Your problems will start, start to dissipate in your life. And you start thinking, why didn't I get closer to God earlier? And I'm saying right now that Jesus right now is knocking on the door of some of, of all of our hearts. And, all, and the Bible says that he knocks and knocks and knocks. And if we open the door, the Bible says he will come in Amen. and he will sup with us. Amen. In other words, that he will have good fellowship with us. Yes. And when he has that, and he wants to come in and have that fellowship, why? So we can have that life that he intended us to have. He wants us to have that abundant life. He wants to sup with us. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Regal Stadium 12 Movie Theater located at 104 Constitution Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10 o'clock a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.